Welcome to First Do No Harm's first mini-series, Old Wives' Tale. Is it fact or is it fiction? An old wives' tale is a supposed truth that comes from some type of superstition. It's normally passed down by older women to a younger generation, which is where the phrase old wives' tale comes from. These are considered superstition, folklore, or they have some type of unverified claims with exaggerated and or inaccurate details. So your job as the listener is to figure out which one of these old wives' tales has been proven to be true. So let's get started. Man, last episode of July already. Can you believe that July is right here close to being over? Where has the summer gone? At least it's still bright and warm outside and feels like summer. Doesn't feel like the end is near, that's for sure. So on today's episode, as always, I threw out some feelers from the listeners, you guys, and asked what type of old wives' tales you would be interested in having either verified or debunked. And some of the feedback included medical remedies for the old wives' tales. That turned out to be a little bit more complicated. So I'm still going to work on that, but I figured I would do a little bit of a spinoff from it and let's do an episode of Old Wives Tales Health Edition. Our six Old Wives Tale this week include one, knuckle cracking causes arthritis. Two, chicken soup can cure a cold. Three, Your mouth is dirtier than a toilet seat. Four, if you eat too many carrots, you'll turn orange. Five, sneezing too hard can cause a stroke. And the last one is reading in dim light can make your eyes go bad. The first one, knuckle cracking causes arthritis. If your family was anything like mine, you probably heard this countless times. I always went around popping my knuckles, popping my neck, popping my back, my hips, everything on me cracks, love doing it, don't know why. But my parents always told me, Jamie, stop doing that. It's going to cause you to get arthritis. The snap, crackle, and pop of cracking knuckles really annoys some people. But is there a danger besides making a person unpopular among friends and coworkers? The answer to this is no. This old wives' tale is fiction. First of all, let's see what arthritis is. First of all, let's look at what arthritis is. There's two types of arthritis. There's osteoarthritis, and there's also rheumatoid arthritis. Arthritis is the swelling and tenderness of one or more of your joints. The main symptoms are joint pain and stiffness, and it normally gets worse with age. Osteoarthritis causes cartilage, which is the hard, slippery tissue that covers the ends of bones where they form a joint, to break down. And rheumatoid arthritis 
is actually a disease in which the immune system attacks the joints, and that begins with the lining of the joints. Let's compare the knuckle cracking process to the condition of arthritis. Joints are surrounded by a lubricating, nourishing soup called synovial fluid. This fluid contains fats and nutrients to maintain bone health and dissolve gases. Cracking the knuckles stretches the capsule that surrounds the fluid and stretching the capsule increases its volume, which lessens the pressure inside. The gases expand under this low pressure, forming bubbles that eventually pop. Fortunately for the knuckle cracking haters, it takes a while for these gases to re-enter the solution, which in time the characteristic noises can't be made. While osteoarthritis is the degeneration of cartilage, which is that spongy cushion between bones and a joint, the exact cause of this isn't known. But things like injury, repetitive motion, and genetics, as well as increased stress on the joints from excessive weight are contributing factors to this. In theory, straining or breaking a knuckle while cracking it might put you at risk for arthritis, but no study has ever linked cracking knuckles directly with the disease. This is a myth that was probably created to prevent a thoroughly annoying habit. Our second old wives' tale is chicken soup can cure a cold. This is a wives' tale that's about as old as time. So is this fact or is it fiction? This one's kind of on the fence. But for all purposes, we're going to say that it's fiction, but I'm not completely convinced. There are so many truths to this one because chicken soup contains a broth that's made of several vegetables and chicken bones that are cooked for hours. By doing this, this releases zinc, calcium, and magnesium into the liquid. There are theories as to why this helps relieve cold symptoms. Some of those include the fact that hot soup will clear your blocked nose. It always makes my nose run. Zinc helps shorten a cold. And the hot water keeps you hydrated. And also in chicken noodle soup or chicken soup, there are several anti-inflammatory substances that alleviate colds. Dr. Mala Singh says chicken soup may ease the symptoms of a cold, but it will not cure the actual illness. So unfortunately, this one is fiction. But it doesn't stop me from making homemade chicken noodle soup every time one of my friends gets sick, because it does help with the effects of healing from a cold. The third old wives' tale. Your mouth is dirtier than a toilet seat. Is this one fact or fiction? While this one is super gross, it is fact. While it is difficult to actually measure the amount of bacteria in an average mouth, it's fair to say that they're pretty filthy. Dr. Ron Bass, who is the owner and head dentist of 92 Dental, said that other than a small window of time after brushing, teeth are permanently covered in a thin film of bacteria called plaque. This film is sticky, 
and can cover all areas of the mouth. As the mouth is warm, wet, and has constant oxygen supply, the bacteria in this plaque multiply super quickly. When this plaque mixes with saliva, it also hardens and becomes near impossible to remove. And then there's the whole business of your gums. Almost everyone has some degree of gum disease in their life. Dr. Bay says gum disease is your gum slowly rotting away. It's the leading cause of tooth loss and bad breath. This means that you have rotting flesh in your mouth most of the time. If you ever smell the stuff that comes out onto your floss, you'll know what I mean. But as long as you're brushing and flossing and getting regular dental checkups, it's nothing to worry about. We all have mouths dirtier than toilet seats, and that's okay. The fourth old wives' tale is, if you eat too many carrots, you'll turn orange. Is this one fact or is it fiction? This one is fact. They say you are what you eat. So it stands to reason that the myth about eating too many carrots and getting orange skin as a result might have some truth to it, right? As it turns out, if your diet is chock full of bright orange carrots or other foods that are rich in beta carotene, it can actually start to tint your skin a slight yellowish shade, according to the Dermatology Clinic at UAMS. This condition is called keratinemia, but it's not dangerous. It might make your palms and the soles of your feet a bit orange. But you have to eat a lot of carrots for this to happen. So don't avoid them for fear of turning orange. But if you end up with keratinemia, the course of treatment is just to eat a low carotene diet until it goes away. Not too hard, right? The fifth old wives' tale, sneezing too hard can cause a stroke. <coughs> Is this fact or fiction? This one's kind of similar to the chicken noodle soup one that we just went over. This one is fiction. While it's fiction, there is some truth to it. First of all, it's important before we really get to talking about the accurate part of this or the ways in which it could be considered true. It's important for you to understand what a stroke is. As a neuro nurse, I educate people on this all the time. I take care of plenty of people who have strokes. A stroke is the inability for blood to get to your brain. There's two ways that this can happen. 85% of people who have a stroke, they have what's known as an ischemic stroke, which means a clot breaks off whatever buildup, it can be broken and it gets clogged up in the vessel in your brain. And so blood can't get there because there's a dam in the vessel in your brain that's preventing it. That's an ischemic stroke. Again, 85% of people who suffer a stroke have this type. The second kind is what we call a hemorrhagic stroke. And you may be able to figure it out because of the word hemorrhagic. If you hear someone say the someone is hemorrhaging, you know, they're bleeding out, right? So a hemorrhagic stroke means there was a break in the vessel in the brain. And if there's a break in the vessel, that means blood's going out into the head and not feeding the, the brain. 
with that being said, there are so many old wives' tales about sneezes and what they can and cannot do to your body. Some say you shouldn't hold a sneeze in since you can damage your neck, while others say your heart stops when you sneeze. Both of those claims have been shown to have some truths to them. There's also a scary notion that sneezing can cause you to have a stroke. Okay, now that you know all there is to know about a stroke and the definition of it and what it is, UC Irvine Health says most sneezes and coughs pose no problems other than the fact they're likely to be accompanied by other annoying symptoms like a runny nose. With that being said, there are some rare instances that sneezing can cause a stroke. If you have had high blood pressure or if you've been diagnosed with a cerebral aneurysm, which is a weakened blood vessel in your brain that could rupture under pressure, forceful coughing, sneezing, or blowing your nose could cause a stroke. It's because this action may suddenly increase the pressure inside your brain. So if your vessel is stretched out real thin, I think of it like a balloon that you're blowing up, that when you blow into this balloon, the latex starts getting real thin, right? And so you keep adding that pressure, that volume, that air inside, and it can't take it anymore, and it suddenly bursts. Same thing happens with your brain sometimes. So if you have a weakness in your arteries that's caused by high blood pressure or an existing aneurysm, you could experience a hemorrhagic stroke. Again, this is incredibly rare. So unless you have a diagnosed health condition, it's unlikely that a sneeze will lead to anything more than your need to grab a tissue. And number six, old wives tale. Reading in dim light can damage your eyes. Is this fact or fiction? This one is fiction. My dad used to tell me all the time when I was a kid about this. I was the child that loved to read. And so sometimes when I was supposed to be in bed, I would be sitting in bed reading my books and my dad would come in and he would see that I was reading or even working on the computer, playing with toys. And he would flip all the lights on and say, Jamie, if you keep doing that, you're going to ruin your eyes. Don't do these things in the dark. And I tell my patients now, or when I was a night shift worker, when they would ask me, hey, do you need me to turn the lights on? I would tell them the same story that I spent my entire childhood preparing to be able to work in the dark, and now I have cat eyes. I have to get my eyes checked all the time because of travel nursing, and turns out I have better than perfect vision. Dr. Grivoy Shah said there might be some short-term issues, like you could have some eye fatigue or have some dry eyes because you're concentrating on the literature a lot more in the dim light. Long-term, you shouldn't have any vision damage for reading in dim light. Well, there you had it. Make sure you comment on the Instagram account or the Facebook podcast page and let us know how you did. Did you get them all right? Did you already know or did you get them all wrong? And we completely stumped you. 
leave us a message. Let us know. And also let us know how you liked today's episode of the miniseries, Old Wives Tales, Fact or Fiction?